0: Texas morning comes from Jonah chapter two. Ordinarily my contacts work, but when I cry, I can't see. So now I got to use my glasses, (laughs) amen. Jonah chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me, all your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. That gets pretty bad when seaweed is wrapped around your head. That means this thing is getting to my mind, God. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever but you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be there. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I have wrestled, wrestled for several days with God about the text for this message this morning. And it is because it is such a familiar story. Jonah was one of the prophets to Israel. And the story of Jonah is probably one of the most familiar stories in the entire Bible. It's one of the stories that we teach our children when they're very young. The youngest child at Genesis Christian Day Schools can tell you what happened to Jonah. He's considered a minor prophet, but he had a major story to tell. I wrestled with God about this text because I said, God, what else is there to say about Jonah? What can I say that your people don't already know about his story? You know the story of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. He was sent. God spoke to him. He told him to go to Nineveh, and Jonah decided that he was going in the opposite direction. Jonah decided that instead of doing what God told him to do, It was not a matter of him not understanding. He knew what he was supposed to do. But Jonah decided to go in the other direction. He went to Joppa, and he caught the first thing smoking, going in the other direction. Got on a ship in total rebellion, from what God told him to do. Total rebellion. Got on the ship. And the ship started going through a rough time. The ship started rocking. The storm came up. And Jonah had the audacity to go down below and fall asleep. We do that, don't we? Sometimes when we're trying to escape from a rough situation, sometimes when we just don't want to face what's happening around us, when we don't want to admit to God, we don't want to to you in a dream won't he you'll be trying to sleep that thing off and God will talk to you in a vision you see the first few verses of this chapter summarize the great dilemma of man it says God spoke to Jonah told him where to go But Jonah ran away. What will you do with what God has said for you to do? What will you do with the instruction you know God has given you? What will you do when you know the Spirit of God has spoken to you? A lot of times when we read the story of Jonah, we think about the punishment that he received. We think about the fact that he rebelled against God and we look down our noses at him and we say, poor Jonah, terrible Jonah. He rebelled against God. He ran the other way. He didn't do what God told him to do. do something to arrest your journey. The scripture says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed. From inside the fish, he prayed to the Lord. You know, it's a sad fact. But for many of us, even believers, even those of us who know the Lord, who have walked with the Lord, who have been in church for a long time, we don't pray until we get in a tight place. We don't reach out to God. We don't maintain a connectedness with him. We don't pray to him like we we ought to until we get into a place where we have to. See, Jonah was in a tight place. He prayed from inside the fish. You know, when you pray from a tight place, your prayer is a little different from when things are going all right, isn't it? You see, the first thing that God was trying to do and the first thing he's trying to do with us, I don't know about you, but I have found myself in some tight places lately. I have found myself in those places, like Paul said, that seem beyond my ability to endure. And I believe that one of the things that God does when he gets you in that tight place, when he gets you in a place, see inside that fish, it was tight. He couldn't see his way out. He couldn't see even his hand in front of him. It was dark in there. And he had never experienced anything like that before. In fact, nobody would ever think that a man could end up inside the belly of a big fish so you can imagine how bewildered he must have been how confused he must have been to be in this place with no visible way of escape but he had the good sense to pray i believe the first thing that god is trying to accomplish in us and for us when we are in tight places is that he wants to redefine our prayer lives you see when you pray from inside that tight place Your prayer is different. You're not worried about flowery words. You're not worried about what people hear you say or how your prayer sounds to them or whether your prayer sounds better than somebody else's or or whether you use the proper words or not or or whether you use proper grammar or not. When you pray from inside that tight place, sometimes all you can say is, God, help. Lord, I need you. Father, come see about me. You see, when you pray inside that tight place, your prayer stops being, Lord, do this for me. It stops being a laundry list of, Lord, do this for me. And you get to the point where you pray, God, do it in me. Whatever it is you're trying to get through to me, whatever it is you're trying to teach me, do it in me, God. He wants to redefine your prayer life. Verse 2 says, he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You see, Jonah had the good sense to know that what he was doing, the path that he was on, meant that he was as good as dead. That if he was continuing to refuse to do what God told him to do, that his life was losing its value. He had the good sense to know that he was on the wrong road. When he was on that ship and the storm started tossing and everybody looked at him and said, you must be the problem. He did have the sense to admit, yes, I'm the problem. Maybe you need to get me off this ship. Throw me overboard. You see, it's a sad thing when you rebel. It's another thing, much sadder when you don't know you're in rebellion, when you refuse to face the reality of your own actions that have pulled you away from God. It's one thing to be in rebellion. It's another thing to fool yourself. You know, women can do something. We we have this amazing capacity. Do you know that we have the ability? A man can do it too, I'm sure, but I'm not one of y'all. We have this amazing ability to look in the mirror and decide what we see. We can put something on that doesn't look all that hot. And we can convince ourselves that it's all right. try a new hairdo that we saw in the magazine that doesn't fit us, but it just look good in the magazine. And we can look in the mirror and imagine that the person in that magazine is the person who's in that mirror. As human beings, we have an amazing capacity for self-deception. We can walk around acting like everything is all right when the Spirit of God has spoken to us And said, you know you need to get it together. You know you need to come to me. You know I've been calling you to a deeper relationship with me. You know I've given you work to do. You know I have ministry for you. You know I told you to get out of that organization that is not of God. I told you to stop hanging around those people. You know I've spoken to you. You heard my voice. And you're deceiving yourself. At least Jonah had the good sense to know that he was the problem. Sometimes in our homes and in our families, there's trouble there. And we look around and blame everybody from the depths of the grave. See, Jonah had no illusions. He knew how deep he was in this thing. He knew how far away from God he was. He knew what a dangerous thing he had done. He said, I'm all the way away from you, God. I'm so far away that I might as well be in the grave. In fact, by the time he prayed this prayer, God had spared his life You see, we look at the situation and we say, what a terrible situation he was in. He was inside a fish. But let me tell you something. He could have drowned in that water. God didn't have to preserve his life long enough to get him to the place of thinking about what he had done. And if you admit it to yourself, if you're honest with yourself, God could have allowed you to die in your sin. God See, tomorrow is not promised. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but God's getting tired of us putting him off. He's tired of our procrastination. He's tired of us running from him. He's tired of us putting him off. He's tired of us putting him aside. He's tired of us putting him at the end of our priority list. He said, from the depths of the grave, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You can't get so far away that he can't hear you. I don't care how long you've wandered. You don't, I don't care how long you've been in rebellion. I don't care how long you put God off. He'll hear you if you cry out. He said, You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All oh, your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. You see, Jonah also had the good sense to know that this was not just something that just dropped out of the sky. I don't know about you, but when I'm going a difficult time when i'm going through a rough time it helps me to know that it's not something that just dropped down on me that god is in control of everything that comes into my life that he would not allow a trial to come my way except to bless me it helps me to know that this is not something outside of his control but that he stands at the gate of my life and he only lets in what's gonna bless me and I don't want to fool you. I don't want you to think I'm standing up here fronting because I'm going to tell you something. It don't always feel good when it's coming. It doesn't always look good when he opens that gate and lets that trouble come through. But I am a witness that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen his seed begging bread. He's never failed to bless. said I've been banished from your sight God I just feel like I can't even I can't even see you I can't even feel you I'm so far away God I've, I'm I'm so far in rebellion I'm so deep in the dark I can't even see you oh God It feels like you can't see me Last week my grandson Jonathan was ill and and I was uh, the operator of the infirmary And his mother and I sometimes laugh about the things he puts over on me and, and how he gets me to do things for him at my house that he doesn't ask anybody else to do. But he he got in the habit over the course of that week, he would wake up at three or four o'clock in the morning and he would come and he would say, Nana, can you, can you come and lay down with me? And about the fourth time he did that, I was about really out of patience. I was exhausted, and I was feeling pretty confined being in the house for the whole weekend. I was out of practice with this infirmary nurse Betty stuff, and I was tired. And he woke me up that morning, and, and it was still dark outside. And he said, Nana, can you, can you come in my room? He said, can you turn the light on? I said, honey, we gotta compromise about this, because if I'm gonna sleep in here, the lights have to stay off. If you want me with you, the light has to be off or else I can't sleep. And he said, okay. And he lay down on the other side of the bed and I lay down on the other side and he lifted his head and he said, but Nana, I can't see you, can you? Dark and and I know you're here, but can you touch me? So I reached over and just put my hand on his arm just so that he would know I was there. You see, it gets like that sometimes. Life can become very And if you haven't been through a dark time, if you haven't been through a time when you just couldn't figure out what God was doing, pray that God will take you through. Because the blessing it is, hallelujah, that when, when you get in that dark time, if you just call out to him, he'll touch you, God. He will touch you like you've never been touched before. You may still not be able to see with your physical eyes, but he will touch you in such a way to let you know, I'm there. Jonah said, yet will I look again towards your holy temple. I'm pretty far out there, God. I'm pretty deep in this rebellion. I'm pretty deep in this dark place. But I'm going to look again. I do have the sense to know where my help's going to come from. See, the second thing God wants God wants to do in that tight place is he wants to refocus your faith. You see a lot of times we pray to God and we call out to him and we ask him to do things for us, but we really are looking out of the corner of our eye expecting that a human solution is coming to the problem. We think That by praying to God, he has to bring about a human solution. God wants to refocus your faith. He's saying, "Uh uh-uh, look again, but look in my direction. Expect your deliverance directly from me. Expect me to do supernatural things. Expect me to come through in a miraculous way. Stop looking to people. Stop depending on people. Stop modeling yourself after people. Stop thinking people have the answer. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your friend. It's not your boss that is the solution. It is God. And when you stop looking all around and you start looking up, you're going to see that God comes through in a miraculous way. He wants to redefine your prayer life. He wants to refocus your faith. Jonah said, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in. Forever, I was locked in. You see, he said, the engulfing waters threatened me. He's talking about fear. Anybody know what fear is? Anybody experience fear? You know, the enemy can torture you with two words. What if? You ever been tortured by what if the enemy ever get into your hands and start saying, what if God doesn't come through? What if you end up having to give up that house? What if your marriage doesn't work out? What if God doesn't answer that prayer? What if that money's not in the bank? What if? He said the engulfing waters threatened me. deep surrounded me i was so deep in despair i was so deep in disappointment i was so deep in fear i couldn't see my way clear i was so wrapped up the seaweed was wrapped around my head this thing was getting to me you know the other day i i've been working on the message and god said he had a special word And I began working on the message, and there was there was a, there were a number of events, number of things that happened over the past week. And I felt such distress. I felt such discouragement. And I had a, a meeting with the managers of Genesis and, I went to the meeting and I was a couple minutes late, but I had to sit in my car. And I depressed God. Just don't let me cry in this meeting. I just sit there for a few minutes. I, I knew they were waiting for me. God got me through that meeting, and I didn't cry. But the next night, I went to sleep, and I woke up. I was awakened by just a sense of panic. And I opened my eyes and looked at the clock, and it was 3.43, and I said, I just had this sense of panic. I started adding up in my head how much money I needed. And I got up and I went to my prayer room and I started to pray. And I said, God, how can I preach to your people? How do you expect me to get up in front of feel such panic myself when i feel such discouragement myself and god said to me how can you not get up in front of my people you see one of the things that i didn't understand about being a pastor was the very great burden God puts on your, on your heart for, for his people. I knew that the preaching was a job. I knew it was a task. I knew it was a burden, but you know, God, God ordains that he allows you to, to preach authentically because you go through authentically. And if you think you're going to do mighty things for God, if you think God is going to use you and it's not going to cost you something, I'm here to tell you something different. It costs you something. So I know what Jonah was talking about when he said, the seaweed was wrapped around my head. You see, you can get to the point where you feel so discouraged that you got to get somewhere and pray. said to the roots of the mountains, I sank down. That's pretty deep, the roots of the mountain. See, what you see above the ground is the top of the mountain, but the roots of that mountain go down way deep. That's how far down he was. That's how deep this thing was. He said to the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. About that word, but he said, But you brought my life up from the pit, oh Lord, my God. In other words, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I still have my life. You preserved my life long enough to get me to this tight place. I don't want to be in this tight place, but thank God you didn't allow me to die back there. He said, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. And my prayer rose to you. To your holy temple. The third thing God wants to do God desires to renew your pursuit of the things of God. He said, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. You say, well, you know that idol worship stuff, that was stuff that they did back there. That's, That's where the children of Israel danced around Uh, golden calves and, and they put up Asherah poles but you know you can have idols in your life and not even know about it. Your husband can be your idol. Your children can be your idol. Your job can be your idol. Your possessions can be your idol. He said those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Then he pushes reset. He said, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. He said, what I have vowed, I will make good. Did you make some promises to God? Remember when you got saved, when God pulled you out of that messy situation when god delivered you after you prayed when god pulled you out of the muck and mire and you said god i will serve you with my whole heart i will worship you god i made promises to you father i made vows god desires to renew your pursuit of the things of god Get back to where you're supposed to be. Get back on track. Get back to putting him first. Get back to doing what you told him you were going to do. Keep your promise. But then the last thing God desires to do. God desires to to refine your praise. Now when I say refine, I'm not talking about being hooty hearty, refined in the way you do things. That the definition of refine that I'm talking about is that purification process. It's that It's that process by which he puts some fire under that tight place you're in so that what comes out is pure, unadulterated, unselfish, uninhibited praise. He wants to refine your praise. I know you're praising him, and I know when we come in here on Sunday and everybody else is raising their hands and everybody else is saying hallelujah, you say a little hallelujah too. But see, when God refines your praise, that thing gets personal. He said, but I... But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. You see, he refines your praise when you don't care about what anybody else does. You don't know what everybody else is going through. All you know is that you can't wait to get in here to say, God, I worship you. God, I thank you. Let me tell you something. The refining process involves heat the amount of heat God allows to come into your tight place determines the result of what comes out. When I'm cooking my Sunday dinner, and I can cook a Sunday dinner. When I'm cooking my Sunday dinner, there's certain things I put in the oven for a quick brown. There's some things I put in the oven because I just need to reheat them, and it doesn't matter whether it cooks or not. But when I want something to cook through and through, I put that heat in there. I put it in there, and let me tell you what, I turn the heat up and I leave it in there for a good long time. I just want to tell you, if there's some heat in your tight place, it's because God is trying to get a certain result out of your life, and that result is refined praise. I'm not talking about that everyday stuff that you do only when you come to church. I'm not talking about those words that come across your lips when everybody else is saying hallelujah. What I mean is pure, uninhibited praise. See, there's a story of David in in 2 Samuel chapter 6, and, and David had, had labored with god's people but one of the things that he wanted to do was to bring back the ark of the lord you have to have mercy on people because they don't know what god did in your life they don't understand that it was god who was there when nobody else was there they weren't there at the midnight hour see sometimes you just can't help yourself you gotta do it anyway regardless of what people think but let me tell you something david david danced and she looked down her nose at him and she said how dare you do this you are the king david said you don't understand it was god who made me the king see i understand where my help comes from and he said i will celebrate he said i will worship the lord i don't care what you think and he said and i'll take it a step further he said i'm gonna celebrate and you think i was undignified before i'll be even more undignified than that he said i will be undignified I don't care what you think. You see, when God has done something for you, I'm not talking about what people told you God did or what people said God can do. Some of us have this theory of faith that I saw it happen in that person's life and I read about it in that person's life. But when it gets personal, When it gets to the point where nobody can tell you who did it. Nobody has to convince you. You don't have to look back and wonder how you got over. You don't have to wonder who brought about that miracle. See, it gets to be a place where you don't care what people say. You don't care how undignified you look. You don't care what they think about what you do. He said, I will say. in fact, I'll be more undignified than that. If you found yourself in a place of confinement, if you're in a tight place, and it feels like there's no way out. I came by to tell you that there is no way out. But there's a way up. See, when you offer to God that refined praise, that praise that comes from the depths of your heart, something miraculous happens. You see, that acknowledgement, that place that he got to, where he finally said, I'm going to offer up a sacrifice because I know that salvation comes from the Lord you see when you praise him with the refined praise deliverance can't help but happen You see, praise paves the way for deliverance. How do I know? The scripture says after he acknowledged, after he came to himself, after he said, I know that I will offer a sacrifice of praise. I know salvation comes from the Lord. It said God commanded the fish and he spit them out on dry land. You need to get out of a tight place. You need to offer him some refined praise. You need to get undignified for the Lord. You need to stop caring about your mascara running down your cheeks. You need to stop thinking about your hairdo that you got done on Friday. You need to offer him some refined praise. Amen. Verse 10 says, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out. He didn't just spit him out anywhere. He didn't just push him out anywhere. It said he pushed him out on dry land. Refined praise. Paves the way. you found yourself in a tight place, you know what that feels like. Offer God some refined praise. Refined praise doesn't depend on who's around. Refined praise happens when you're walking up the steps in your house. And you say, God, salvation comes from you. You gave me this house. When you're driving around the belt, and you say hallelujah it's not that you plan to say it it just comes out you see when you dare to praise him when you dare to lift your voice when you dare to raise your hand it defies the enemy he's got to get back he can't stand it when you praise Offer God some refined praise. Let's pray. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Seed to Sow podcast. My prayer is that you will be blessed by today's word. Join us again next week for the Seed to Sow Podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com. S E E D T O S O W ministry at gmail.com. God bless you.